The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome, and I'm so glad to be with you today. It's an amazing Columbus Day, and I just find it to be a fabulous day for everyone. I have a guest who has stepped in and said she wanted to be on the show, and I had an opportunity to actually spend a week with her um, doing a speaker talent search, and I found her to be one of the most amazing women that I have talked to. She is bright. She's funny. She has this phenomenal business called Link to Expert, which is a web portal that helps you to implement your ideas with ease by collaborating and leveraging each other's education experience expertise, which gives you extraordinary success. I I found it really fascinating because I traveled a lot when I was in corporate, and I don't think I have as many miles as Joanne does, but she's traveled over a million miles sharing her insights and forming global alliances with executives, entrepreneurs, and experts. And this woman has such enthusiasm for what she does that she just brightens my day every time I get on the phone with her. So I'm delighted to introduce you all to my guest today, Joanne Weiland. Joanne, welcome. Thank you, Linda. Oh, it's so good to have you on this call. Um, I, I I have to admit, you are probably one of the most energetic people I have had on the phone in a long time. And I know that you have huge enthusiasm for what you do. Tell the audience just a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are right now. Well, like you said, I traveled. And when I traveled, I met with many, many business owners, whether they were the business owner of a mom and shop, all the way to multi-billion dollar companies. And I usually worked with the C-level people, Linda. Mm, Yes. And they all had the same thing in common. And that was that they had incredible ideas. But the part that made me think deeper was only a fraction of them, maybe even only 5%, implemented those ideas. And I found the 5% that did hired somebody to help them. So that's really what inspired me to create Link to Expert. Hello. Fascinating. My mouth's not working this morning. Um, Joanne, when you were interviewing and and working with the C-suite people, how many women were in that group that you were working with? Wow, that's another small percentage. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized as you asked that, yes. Um, I would say probably only 5 to 10% in that group, too. Yeah, and I, that, it's interesting. I, I 
quote Groucho Marx. And he said, you know, out of a thousand men, only one is a leader of men. The other 999 follow women. And my retort to that is, great, where are those 999 (laughs) women? Uh, Because only 10% of C-suite jobs and boards of directors positions are held by women. And the scary thing about that is that that statistic hasn't changed in over a decade. So where are all these women and why aren't they stepping up into leadership and taking on those those roles? Joanne, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I actually think that a lot of times they are the leaders, but they're not really the ones that are known as the leader. Like when you just said what you said about the quote, what came to my mind is many times the C-level person was a male, mm-hmm. but they also had many females under them, if you will, in the ranks of the organizational chart. But many times those were the people that actually were the ones that had the ideas. Mm-hmm. And often the C-level person would take credit for those ideas yeah, because they were on their team. And I don't even know if they were trying to steal the idea, but they really did have many times a team of women that were not, were not at their level. Because even just for an example, I when you also said that, I thought of all the HR professionals that I know, many of them are women. Mm-hmm. And they were, were not even usually ever invited to the boardrooms that I used to be in to make these decisions. And it, I found that, you know, most of the time they said, well, though that didn't affect our bottom line. And that used to drive me crazy because I used to think, well, they're the ones that are hiring your people, your employees. Yeah. Why would that not affect your bottom line? But I, a lot of these things still baffle me, Linda. Like you said, a lot of them are still even happening in 2017 because I still meet with a lot of board and a lot of times they still don't have those types of people in the room, but it's interesting. Uh, well, and, and I think, and and you can ag- uh, let me know what, how you agree with this, but I think in a lot of cases, we as women are brought up um, to stand in the shadows, to stand behind the curtain, to stand behind the man who has the position and sort of whisper in his ear. I mean, even Mahalia Jackson, although she said it very loudly, um, when Martin Luther King was sort of stalling on his I've got a dream speech because all the men said, don't do it, Martin. They don't want to hear that. And Mahalia stood up there and she goes, Martin, tell him about your dream. So <laughs> it's like... And thank God he listened to um, what she had to say. I, we never would have heard that speech. Um, so I just I just find it very interesting that, you know, we we may step up for a, a one day, for example, the um, the women's march in January, and then we drift we drift back into the shadows, and you know, sort of are there. Uh, as opposed to really stepping out and being noticed, um, I've talked to I talked to my daughters at the wedding last week, and I said, "So, are you are you looking for like that next position, moving up the ladder, and that kind of thing?" It's like, no, they'll recognize me when they're ready, and I'm going, "No, they won't, because you're good at what you do, and you almost have become indispensable." I hate that word, um, and then. Nobody sees you, and you're passed over and passed over and passed over, and you become indispensable, and the boss doesn't want to let you go. Would you ha- agree or disagree on that? Agree, totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's really scary. But we're we're actually uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um, the difference between a leader and a manager. Because I I'd say in most corporations, the titled person is a manager, but again, the folks who are working with the team often are more leaders rather than having the title of manager. Yeah. I agree with that too. Yes. So what what would be the difference between a leader and a manager? Well, I think, in my opinion, the leader leads by example. Mm-hmm. And they do what they say. And unfortunately, I was actually raised where my father would always say, do what I say, not what I do. Yes. And I do believe that is totally incorrect and that we really have to be careful because it really doesn't matter. I love that saying, I can't hear you. Your actions are too loud. Oh, I love that. And so I think that really sums it up. You have to lead by example versus when you're the manager and you can, you know, if you will crack the whip and have all the rules and regulations, but you're still not doing, you know, walking the walk. Mm -hmm. It's not near as powerful as watching somebody walk the walk. I would so agree. I, I I know I've shared this with my audience before, but I think one of the most powerful leaders, pictures of a leader that I saw was in a PBS show of key leaders in World War II and what, what happened to them in World War One. So they basically took them from World War One into World War Two and how their experiences in World War One really um how do I put this uh really showed what they could do in World War II. And many of them had horrible experiences in World War I. You have Winston Churchill, who went through Gallipoli. Um, Roosevelt had some challenges. Hitler even had challenges. He was gassed in World War I. Um, but one of the powerful pictures is of um, General MacArthur. And he's on the ground with his troops. Off to his left is Patton in this jury-rigged tank that he put together. And, but MacArthur's out front and he's drawing his men with him as opposed to being in the back and sort of pushing people forward. So, so to me, this, this also is leadership, is that you're out front and you're not afraid to be out front and to have your people coming with you. Because isn't the definition of a leader someone you follow? Yes, good point. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not somebody in the back who's pushing you forward. It's, it, the leader is out there in front. And I think that's also very, very important. Um, what what's the different kind of work that a manager versus a leader would do? Well, I think you also just said it where they actually are out front. So they're even demonstrating it. Not mm-hmm. even not maybe the every detail of the task, but I find when it was a true leader that I work with, mm-hmm. they also explain to their team how their position, their task, their project affects the whole. Ooh, yeah. And and I used to see that over and over, um, and I still see it, and it just amazes me. But to me, that is a big, big part of leading. Because Mm -hmm. if people can understand, that the people that you're leading can understand, too, not just what they do, but what they do, how it affects the whole makes yeah. them much more in, in, interested in wanting to participate in mm-hmm. their project. 
Well, and, and Joanne, I think that's that's really critical with vision. Um, to me, leaders are, are visionaries, even if they don't necessarily see themselves as that. I mean, most of us look at, at Steve Jobs and go, wow, that was a visionary leader. I'm not like that. Yet, I would say the true leaders have a vision of where the team is going. Um, when I was in Los Angeles working for B of A, I had a, a training department, and I had a vision for them of really teaching the world to be active in all of the divisions of, of the bank. And we were able to go to um, Asia. We went to all over North America. We were in South America. The only place we didn't get was Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And we were negotiating that when they closed the department. So I had this vision and all of my trainers were on board. Their visions were, this is where I want to go. Can you make that happen? And I could make that city happen oftentimes. And and they that got them really excited about the work that they were doing. Whereas I find that managers are more um, status quo. Let's just get... We'll get each task done, we'll move forward, but somebody else is giving them the direction about where they're going, yeah? Yes, it's more like a task-oriented position where the leaders, when they see the vision, but they also understand in order to incorporate the vision into the other people's lives, they have to know their goals and aspects too, like you just described. Yeah, that's just so very, very important. Um, But what prevents leaders from leading? Well, many times because they're, like, for an example, many times I would be in an interview for a new position and the people that were interviewing me would say, for an example, we love your energy, we love your innovation, we love your creativity, please come work with us. And Uh so I would, and Linda, almost the first or second, maybe day or sometimes a week, they would say, sit down and shut up, that's not the way we do it. (laughs) <laughs> and so <laughs> that we're going to keep doing it the way we've always done it so many, you know, so so it was, if you weren't stubborn like me, you I could see how you could quickly give up and say, forget it. I, you know, I'm not bringing any more ideas to the world, you know, to this role. Right. Or you actually lose them. They quit and go someplace else looking for that. Exactly. That ideal environment where their ideas are valued. Um, do you think that that's why so many um, men and women, but women primarily, leave corporate and f- start their own businesses? Oh, exactly. That is exactly it. They, they really do have a passion, a vision, a desire to you know, bring something into the world. And when they're stuck and not being able to, after a while, they just can't take it anymore I feel like it just is burning in them that burning desire and they just have to leave just to be able to do what they were called to do yeah yeah I think that's just so very important so with that in mind what is the trend for leadership in the future will we see more women or is it going to continue to be an old boys network I think we'll see more women but I also think Linda we're going to see more younger people mm-hmm. there's a lot of times too most people I think picture leaders as like in our case the boomers you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and nothing against the boomers but I think a lot of too the millennials for example they come in more with a free spirit more with um wanting to get things done but not in the kind of what you would just describe the manager's role Mm -hmm. you know getting the the tasks done and because of that I even think we're going to see a lot more younger 
people in the leadership roles because of the fact that it's also shifting and changing. It's not like you have to, if you will, pay your dues, get, you know, work your way up the ranks because of the fact that a lot of these new visions, new ideas haven't existed before. So it's not like you had to do like in the world I grew up, you kind of had to go through the stepping stones because supposedly you understood those to get to the next level. Well, Joanne, I, I know in academia and, uh, you know, I, I love the, the hierarchy of, you know, going from a bachelor's to a master's to a PhD or whatever your doctorate looks like. And I can remember having my dissertation chair in one of my master's programs say to me, you know, I don't like uh, where you're going with this. I don't think it's time to do a business case. I think we need to do a community survey first before we do the business case. I think you're jumping ahead. And I said, why are you doing this? She goes, because I don't think you've, you've suffered enough. Oh, wow. I want I want you to suffer some more before I grant you the master's degree. And I've heard this from PhD candidates as well who say, you know, I had the perfect survey design. I sent it out. I got my responses. The data was all coming together. And my dissertation chair came to me and said, you know, I, I think we need to make a change in the survey. And literally she freaked out she ended up going to the dean and saying you know what is this but her dissertation chair said you haven't suffered enough you need to suffer some more before you we can confirm this and i'm i'm really sort of um concerned that that's what's happened in the managerial the leadership roles within organizations so audience think on that while we take a short break and what's been your experience moving up in the ranks and really being able to show leadership and not just management. We'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. I'm talking to the most dynamic woman I know. And I just wanted to give you a little bit more about 
what she supports. So she supports a, a huge array of organizations. She's in involved with the University of Tampa's leadership coaching program. She mentors MBA students. She's a board member of Wheels of Success that provides transportation needs. Um, She's with the Social Enterprise Alliance and International Business Council promoting global collaboration. She's a member of InfraGuard, the Sheriff Citizens Academy, the Neighborhood Crime Watch, and she's a certified women minority business enterprise. I mean, this woman is walking the walk of really strong leadership. Plus, she has this phenomenal business called Link to Expert, which we're going to talk about this time and just get a, a sort of a sense of why, Joanne, you you set up Link to Expert. What was the impetus that made this happen? Well, Linda, I would sum it up by saying so people could do what they love and love what they do. Getting back to corporate, I don't know about other people, but it always amazed me how also once I would start working at these companies, they would focus on my weaknesses. So for mm. example, me, I love to cold call. I love to get out there and work with the people and do the sales and marketing side. And and a lot of the stuff that people used to tell me they wouldn't want to do for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, but the company would focus on things like, for an example, I was not good at set, spreadsheets, like Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. So they would send me to classes to learn how to do the sums of spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And and it used to make me laugh because we'd have thousands of people sometimes at these companies, and we had many, if not most, knew how to do spreadsheets. But because I didn't, they would send me even though I was one of the only people that liked to cold call. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> is this the best use of my time? You know, all these other people love to do spreadsheets. Let them do my data, and I'll just do the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess what I found from that is that most people don't do what they love. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but every day you hear, I hear people say things like, oh, I only have five more years till I can retire. Oh, yeah. oh, I only have ten more years, you know, and then I can get this pension or whatever. And I want to cry because I think, how can you dislike what you're doing so much but make yourself do it? And then when you find the people that love what they do and do what they love, they don't even feel like they're working. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could all just do what we loved and loved what we did as entrepreneurs? Because, again, like what you were saying earlier in the hour, many boomers are also leaving corporate America to do what they love. Right. But what I do find with that, Linda, is most of the time they are terrific at that, but they didn't, did not realize what it took to get that project or that type of task or job that they were really good at on their desk so they didn't know how to do the sales and marketing but that's another aspect of it but to sum it up I really created this so people could do what they love and love what they do and I I think that's phenomenal um, to to say the least now I know that there are many people out there entrepreneurs primarily who believe that they have to do everything on their own that they have to work long and difficult hours they have to push themselves to do aspects as you said of the work that they aren't good at um and that i that to me is sort of where i started and as an entrepreneur i was like no i can do it all <clears throat> and you know, I don't need anybody. And in fact, if I have to train somebody, it's faster if I just do it myself. 
Um, so how do you help someone sort of break through that and actually ask for and accept help? Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier about suffering. Yeah. I think, think somehow us boomers, especially again, have been taught that we have to suffer. So mm-hmm. we almost think we have to. But the other part of it is too, Linda, I think that most of us think that only we can do it the best, mm-hmm. that nobody else could do it as good as we can. And I personally see thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs that because they believe like that, they really don't get to focus on what they do best. So myself, I have devised this thing that I ask myself on a regular basis and I share with others, three things you can ask yourself on a regular basis. What can I eliminate? First, let me back up a second. First, create a list of all the things you do, uh, you know, daily, weekly, even monthly, because some things mm-hmm. we even only do once a quarter. So just put compile a, a list over the next few weeks of what you do. Then ask yourself, when you review the list, what can I eliminate that's BS? That many, many things we do we don't realize are BS, but I think <laughs> feel comfortable there because right. it's easy and we know how to do it. We just keep doing it. So we can eliminate that. What can we automate? With me, I ask myself all the time, what can I pay the programmers to do one time so I don't have to do it over and over again or somebody else doesn't because it's a task that's really not necessarily having to be done by a person, that it really could be automated so we can focus on the other more important aspects of the business. And last but not least, what can I delegate to somebody that can do this or it's good or better than me? Going back to my spreadsheet like mm-hmm. that. So if I spend five hours on a spreadsheet and my virtual assistant spends five minutes, is that the best use of my time? Not only is it only five minutes versus five hours, but I'm also not frustrated because of the fact that I'm trying to figure it out. And she loves it because she can zip it out <laughs> and, and, you know, it's done. So I think if we did that, and I really do think that's the difference between a successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. and a less successful. Because I think when we spend so much time on all of these unnecessary t- tasks that you can actually spend more time and focus only on what you do best because usually you became an entrepreneur because you were really good at something but if you're again in the case of me spending so much time doing the spreadsheets and also graphics is another one I'm just not a detail person I know the devil's in the details and we have to do the details but that doesn't mean I have to do all the details it means I'm the visionary I come up with the ideas and sometimes I'm sure my programmers and my virtual team thinks I'm crazy Mm -hmm. but we really do need to then delegate it to them. But I also do my best to do what we were talking about earlier too, explain the whole picture and see, you know, the different aspects of the different people. Like I have a team of about 20 people that do things, you know, I would say regularly for me, not every day. They're not even my employees. They're my contractors because I do believe I should practice what I preach. So, but they, I also, I believe have to, understand if you will the like the end have the end in mind and know what I'm trying to do here so that they can also be part of it and also even give me feedback because a lot of times from their point of view they might see something that I didn't see or have done something that I didn't do that they would know how to either make it go quicker easier faster 
mm-hmm. or something. So I just find it's really important for us to communicate with them as well on a regular basis. So, Joanne, you're talking about, one, strengthening communications, listening listening for what's not being said, as well as deepening the relationships that you have with the folks who are working with you. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really, I mean, okay, the current generation, I find, have a lot of superficial um, relationships. I mean, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, whatever it is that you're working with, you really don't get that deep with them. And I, I think the scariest thing and something I didn't mention in my presentation was um, sitting in a restaurant with two younger people sitting next to us with their phones out, texting each other. <laughs> now, that's really sad that you can't even sit at a table and you're more comfortable with text mode than you are with conversation. So how deeply can you get into relationships like that? So you never find out what excites them, what their vision is, what they'd love to do, what they'd love to learn. And Bill Gates in the last century, I love when I say that because it sounds so far away, uh, said that in this century that the true leaders will be those who empower others. To, and you're doing that by empowering your team to do what they do best and to learn the things that they want to learn to be even more valuable to you. And I think that's just awesome. Joanne. Well, thank you. But I do actually, I see that too with everybody texting each other. Yeah. And it's also fascinating to me to see um, more and more people my age are doing the same. Oh, yeah. And what comes to my mind sometimes, though, Linda, is before we even did communicate verbally, we did communicate telepathically. Mm -hmm. So I actually ask myself that. Maybe we're learning to go back to being telepathic, but I do think that the, especially the big part with um, the texting is you leave out the emotions and the feelings, and it does concern me that we are going to stop having those feelings for each other and compassion and empathy for each other because I think that's a big part of it too. And so that's what concerns me about the stage we're in right now where people are switching, like you just said, mm-hmm. from verbal communication more to the texting. Well, and, and I think one of the, the things that really struck me um, was when the suicide hotline went to also having a text line. Oh, that, you did? No, that there were... There were um, teens and early 20s who just didn't want to talk about it, but they would text about it. And you're right. I think it's taking the emotion out of it. But, you know, the thoughts of doing that are so very emotional and so very deep that not to be able to have that conversation, I think, um, is, it's a shame. Um, And I, I, I really um, don't think it's where we should be going with that type of communication. Well, it's also interesting to me, like, for an example, we, we split up our social media. We have tens of thousands of people we reach. And, for example, I do the LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And with LinkedIn, almost every time somebody sends me a message, Linda, it, it's already, what would you call that, pre, pre-written? That they oh, just right. like, <laughs> click on the thanks, they click on the happy birthday. And, and I am not saying that to knock it, but it's almost like, they don't even a lot of times type anymore, 
And, you know, they have those emotional buttons. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the it, name of them. Emojis? Emojis, thank yes. you. Yes. And I have to laugh because I think, you know, that's how maybe it really does trigger their emotions, but I guess I'm old-fashioned. I like to write things what I'm really thinking or feeling. <laughs> oh, I so agree. Um, I, I'd much for. And the other thing interesting is we don't teach cursive anymore in school right. because you don't need to be able to write. It's like, well, how do you sign your name? Are you going to print it? I mean, it's it's <laughs> there are a lot of a lot of things that were traditional when we were growing up. That again, it's shifting um, as we you know move into this new generation. Some of which I think is great, and others it's like, where's the emotion? Where are the feelings? If you want to be vulnerable, you got to be able to show that. And you know, you're right. If you're just always clicking the the pre-programmed uh, answer, you don't have that emotion at all. So, Joanne, um, I'd actually like to take a, a short shift, um, and this is a feminine quality, and it's one you've talked about, uh, or you've included in your your answers. And and I'd like to go there, which is about collaboration. Um, the I guess the masculine trait is more competition. And that seems to be where we are in a lot of the large organizations. And really, even in the entrepreneurial world, you know, feeling that you're in competition with the other people who do what you do, instead of working in a collaborative way. So why is it so important to be collaborative? Why is it so important to move into that feminine quality, especially when you're trying to bring new products or services um, to market? Well, I think one of the things that we all forget, and I learned this over the years, I guess I suffered through it, <laughs> yeah. if you will. But, but what I learned, like when I used to do what we do, meaning, let me just um, explain that first. We've created LinkedIn experts so that people could find each other, mm-hmm. check out their credentials, and even hire them in minutes. Because what the traditional way, Linda, it would take months. Oh, yeah. Because when people were trying to find a consultant or a coach or, or different types of experts that could help them with their projects. So mm-hmm. this taking months, what I learned from this, because I would, for example, go to the boardroom or the committee, and everybody on that board would have a different idea of what made that person the right expert for their project. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating me for me to watch that they would have different questions like, oh, if she didn't write a book, you know, if she's not a published author, forget it. Um, right. If she doesn't have a video, I don't even want to, you know, consider her. If he doesn't have a white paper, forget it. If he hasn't been quoted in any magazine, everybody on that board would have a different idea what made that person the ideal candidate. Mm-hmm. But what I also found was really interesting is usually it would come down to, you know, two different candidates that would, you know, we would narrow it down over the months. But the point is that usually then the C-level executive would then bring the two people in separately, mm-hmm. but they would always tell me, Joe, as soon as that person walked in, I knew Linda was the right person for this project. Mm-hmm. And it was always fascinating to me to start to be aware of this, that it also has a lot to do with your energy. Right. People right. could recognize you whether, you know, from they, most people call it first impression. So mm-hmm. let's say you know, they would think that they would know the right person by their first impression of that person. 
but in my opinion, that's just their their different energy that would walk in and they would either, you know, want to work together or not. And what I also even found is that you can even do this through video, so we don't have to go through all those months. Like you, Linda, you've been doing a lot of video, mm-hmm. and when you have that video that people can watch, that's another way they can find you, check out your credentials, and hire you in minutes, because they can do, like, your radio program here, the Leadership Stars, they can listen to see what you've been you know, talking about on interviews, mm-hmm. they can watch your videos to see that, you know, what you've created, read your books, all that stuff all in one place to be able to make that decision. And the reason I say that is to get back to this collaboration is because I think because of the fact that we've been thinking of it as competition so long that it really has, you know, overcome all of us that we think of it like that. But when you really know how it really is you get chosen, you understand the collaboration between it because once they know you're the fit, you also usually can, with ease, put that project together, with ease, put that conference on because Mm -hmm. of the fact that somehow, I mean, we all know you meet people that immediately you want to either be their friend or immediately (laughs) you don't really care if you ever see them again. And I don't, it's just the way it is. So when you understand that, and you understand that when you're chosen for that project, it's so that you can collaborate because just like I was describing with me my team, you each bring a piece of the pie to make that complete. And it's mm-hmm. really not even just pie because what I find is oftentimes then you go on to do other projects together because of the fact that you are in sync. Just like you and I, when we met mm-hmm. a, a few months ago, we just knew that we wanted to stay connected and work together and figure out how to collaborate and help each other. Exactly. I really feel like if we could really grasp that there's, it's not competition. It's really when you flow with the other people, because it comes back both ways. The expert too, in our case, they don't always want to work with a person that they cannot see eye to eye either. And that's why we created a seven minute strategy session. So they go can talk for seven minutes to know if they're a good fit on both sides. That's terrific, Joanne, and I'm going to halt you right there. Um, I, I want you all to listen to what Joanne had to say and to think about your team. Do the people on your team complete you or are they like you? We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm with the most enthusiastic Joanne Weiland. Uh, and we're talking about her business, Link to Expert. But in addition, we were talking before we uh, broke uh, about collaboration and the whole concept of having a team of people who s- support you and who are completing you and the things that you can't do. I mean, Joanne, you talked about um, you know not being able to, not loving Excel spreadsheets, not loving doing graphics, and so you have people on your team who love that and who do it. And you're right; it's their sweet spot. And finding those people, I think, is really, really important because what we tend to do is hire the people who are like us. Because you go, oh, she's like me. Uh, this will be a good match. And what you find is you fight over who's going to do the work. And that doesn't support your business or moving forward with it, right? Exactly. I often tell the clients that hire our experts because many of our experts even hire other experts because they're not sure. good at the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I tell them they're not there to be your friend. They're not even there to be, you know, your buddy that you go out and have a drink with because of the fact that this, like you just said, they're not the same. Most of the time they're totally different mm-hmm. because they have that temperament to do the things you can't do. Again, back to me, I'm not good at the details because it takes me a long time, but I love to go out in nature and, you know, come up with these ideas. And so, of course, the people that like to do the details, they think I'm kind of airy-fairy, and that's okay. But that, again, they're not there on my team to be my buddies, but we really all gel and get along and get the things done because we're all good at something different and we do have different personalities so I really think that's another thing that people don't always take into account when they are putting a team together Mm -hmm. yeah and I've I've, my my team's been very interesting over the years I've 31 years as a an entrepreneur and I've had moments where I'm all by myself I have moments when I have 10 people working with me Um, and but now I find I have the most superb team ever. I have a fabulous woman who is my VA. She does my social media. She deals with all anything that has to go out, um, you know, to my my list and all of that. She and she does graphics as well. Um, so I, it's, it's like she's this wonderful Jill of all trades. Um, I have a wonderful woman who helps me with my writing. Um, you know, someone who makes sure that everything's on brand, that everything you know follows a certain flow, and that it's consistent from one piece to the next. I have a great web de- webmaster and designer who works with me as well. And now I've added. Um, an image expert and I have a photographer who's doing a visual branding piece and it's like finding these people who support me in ways that I one never would have thought of and two are 
people who do the stuff that I, I'm in awe with what they do. And I, I think that's the type of team to have where the people who work with you, you're in awe about their expertise and what they're able to accomplish. And you kind of go, wow, I never could have done that. Um, and I, I think your team of experts does that for their clients as well. Exactly. And I do love that what you just said because it's so true. Because we're all so good at different things and we are in awe of what they can do because that is their talent. Yeah. You know, yeah. that it, you know, and it gets done so effortlessly because that's again what they're good at. Yeah. So it's that. also interesting to see how they enjoy doing the parts that I think would be painstaking. <laughs> <laughs> and painful um, yes. sometimes, yeah. Um, yeah. So, aren't we designed to work together? And why do we have, in essence, this difficulty in accepting help? Well, I think it goes back to our corporate days, what we were talking about at the beginning of the hour. Most of the people that we work with did not explain to us what we did and how it affected the other people. So, more than we realized, Linda, we really we're never really taught to collaborate. We might, you know, even the leaders I usually work with or the managers or the C-level people, often all of them think they're teaching their people to collaborate. But when you really go work with their people and they have no idea what they do, how it affects other people, sometimes they don't even know people in their own department Mm -hmm. is what I find. And it's just very sad for me, but I used to think it was just me because I was in sales and marketing. And so in sales, too, the big part that they used to do for us was every day they would post everybody's numbers. So, yeah. Yeah. so you were supposedly competing against your competition who also sold something similar to yours. You were mm-hmm. really competing against your uh, your other teammates because exactly. it was like you wanted to be the number one or, or if nothing else, even me competing against myself. And I could always maybe convince myself of that. But I got to admit, I liked when I got the big sales and I could get my numbers or name at the top. So it's just interesting when you really look at it that we really weren't taught to collaborate. And even in school, look at how they would say who got the A's. Mm -hmm. And I was never an A student. So it was sad because I tried my hardest, but that doesn't mean I got an A at what I did. And so in many subjects. So it's interesting too to see even in school even in um, sports, I was never good at sports either. You know, how you'd stand there in the playground and you'd get picked who's going to be on your team and you're always the last kid. Me you know, too. Nobody wanted. <laughs> so, I mean, Linda, it, it, I think it. you know, it's sad, but we're really taught to compete from a young age mm-hmm. and it just keeps trickling down you know, also from corporate and even that's why so many of them do get these different positions because they do compete to be noticed, to be the one that it deserves a competition, you know, the, the promotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we as women sit back and say, well, they'll just notice me. They'll know I'm the best and doesn't step forward in that competitive um, mode. And right. oftentimes, you know, we're never noticed. Um, I know I, I was selected for a protocol officer position with a four-star general, and it, they nominated all the lieutenants and wor- whittled it down, and it was just two of us. And I kept saying, she should have it. She should have it. And I was selected. 
uh, and you'll love the reason. I, I actually um, met or uh, saw my colonel at a party, and he had a few too many. And I said, Colonel, I'm just curious, why did you choose me? You know, the other woman had the same credentials because you had the better legs. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I went, oh, okay. And I didn't pursue that any further. So, Joanne. Um, could you tell us a little bit about ways that folks can use Link to Expert to collaborate, to get their ideas to move forward, that kind of thing? Yes. When we were talking about, you know, doing the eliminate, automate, and delegate. Yes. The delegate part is where Link to Expert really helps because of the fact now you know what type of positions or what type of, excuse me, tasks that you're not good at, that you don't want to do, that somebody else could do as good or better than you. Mm-hmm. So once you decide that, then you just go to Link to Expert and you find the type of expert that does that stuff. Yep. And and then you can actually see everything about them in one place, like, um, you know, their education, their experience, um, as well as their expertise. Because mm-hmm. of the fact that, again, everybody is good at something, but nobody's good at everything. And then again, you talk to them maybe for that, you know, have that interview with them because I do believe a big part of it is too that you know that they're also somebody that you can work with. I usually call it coachable. Mm-hmm. And most of our experts I would call are coachable. The reason being because they wouldn't have joined Link to Expert if they weren't because they are collaborators. Because what we do at Link to Expert is we really do collaborate. For an example, everybody that joins, they actually are good at what they do, but we all promote each other to each mm. other's contacts without ever getting each other's contacts. Again, that's a way that I paid the programmers to do this so that we can do it automatically without even trying. Because many times we mean to, and we want to tell everybody how wonderful Linda Patton is, <laughs> and we mean to, but before you know it, the day is over, and you didn't even get to finish the things you had to do. Right. So I knew we had to come up with a way that this was done automatically. And so, like, for an example, when you would say that you're going to be on your radio show and you would put that on your link to expert event calendar as one of our experts, it would an email blast would automatically go to all of your contacts. But each one of them, say you had a 1,000 people in your database, maybe 100, mm-hmm. whatever it is, yeah, you would get that each one of those people would get a unique email. It would always feature Linda first, but it would have three different experts listed. And there are always three different ones on those hundred or thousand email blasts, just as an example, Mm -hmm. because of the fact that we want everybody to get exposure. Because what I found, too, is a lot of times the people that are hiring you, they don't even know sometimes that is an expertise that is a area that, you know, that somebody is good at that can help you mm-hmm. because a lot of times what I find too is people work in their business not on their business oh yes so they're not out there learning about all this new stuff emotional intelligence or whatever it is they don't know about it and not do they not know about it but they don't even know what it would do for them to help them in their business so that's yeah. why we want to make sure everybody knows about each other then we also we send everything out over all the social media but the big thing is we collaborate. We work with each other. For example, when we send out Twitter messages about being on Linda's radio show, for an example, mm-hmm. it would not only go to our, we have like 21,000 Twitter followers. But the cool thing is we also have other 
people that we work with. For example, one of our Twitter experts has 180,000 followers. So he retweets everything we tweet. And then we even have a guy over in England that's one of our podcasters, Neil Ball. He has the Entrepreneur Way. He mm-hmm. literally tweets all our stuff too, 56,000 more followers. So we reached 250,000 just with those three, not to mention all of our hundreds of experts that have their followers. Right. So we all have learned to collaborate by, again, doing it automatically with the same thing on Facebook, same thing on LinkedIn. Um, we do this also with, for example, if it's a press release, then we put it out on press release services that goes to tens, if not hundreds of thousands of more people. Same with blogs. If you upload a blog, then we put it on blogging services that goes to tens of thousands of more people. And then twice a month, we send out a newsletter that goes to everybody database so that you get to see in the last two weeks what happened, who has something new, a new radio show, a new book, a new program, a, a new blog, whatever it is, Linda, because of the fact that, again, we're trying to make sure everybody helps each other because even though, you again, you think it might be competition, but what I've also learned is that each one that's hiring somebody, just say the managers, the C-level people, they have different challenges every week, if not every day, and they need different types of people consistently, but they don't need everybody all the time. So right. they just be able to find the type of person they need at that time and what they can do for them. So it's twofold. Yeah. Um, Joanna, this is phenomenal. And ladies and gentlemen in the audience, please go to Link to Expert and take a look at what Joanne's experts offer us. And it is a wide and varied group of of people, and I found them very interesting, to say the least. Um, Joanne, could you just real briefly tell us about your free gift? They can find it on my website at www.daretodream. That's the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. And Joanne, just briefly tell us what the audience can get. It's a roadmap to wealth. And the reason I put roadmap to wealth, a lot of times we get so caught up in creating money, income, that we forget that we really need to think of the long term, which is what I call wealth. And wealth mm-hmm. is not just money. It's also having free time. Um, that's, again, why you would hire different people. So you do have time to do what you also love. But the other part of it is, so that's why we you know, collaborate with other people. But the other thing is creating a lot of uh, more passive and residual streams of income. Because, Linda, when we only focus on our active streams of income, there's only so many hours in the day. But people don't realize, too, with their areas of expertise, they actually can create so many things like you have done Mm -hmm. to, uh, to showcase their expertise. And you don't have to be actively involved in that. Like when they buy your book, you you know, you're sleeping or maybe over in Scotland (laughs) on vacation. So it's really a way to be able to create wealth. Go ahead. Terrific. Yeah, and that's it exactly. Make money in your sleep. So, Joanne, thank you so very much for being with us today. Um, I really appreciate you, and I found this to be a, a, a fascinating interview. So, thank you. Thank you, Linda. Okay, so audience, if you have any additional questions um, or you want to dig deeper into the art of herding cats or you'd like to know more about leadership inspiration and, of course, Joanne's free gift, check it out on the website at www.dare2dream.com. the number two, 
dreamwithlinda.com or send me an email at lynda at daretodream.com. Until next time, be courageous, dare to lead. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.